0: Hi, and welcome to my other, other gig, the podcast featuring conversations with kindy folk about non-kindy subjects. Today on the show, I have Darren Kritz, who among his many jobs at Symphony Space, uh, which is a performing arts venue on the Upper West Side of New York, he books a fabulous kids series there with literally... Dozens of performances each year from kindy artists and kindy friendly uh, groups. And so I'm bringing him on the show today to talk about sports and specifically (laughs) uh, Darren's uh, lack of, I don't want to say lack of interest, but lack of familiarity. And uh, I had a conversation with Darren at Kindy Fest. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Kindy Fest is the annual confabulation of kindy musicians and artists and bookers such as Darren and we had a conversation briefly about uh, sports and how uh, Darren just doesn't pay much attention to sports ball and I thought that would make an interesting conversation because it, it touches on some of the things that I've been thinking about, about the relationship of (laughs) sports and uh, performing to um, the world at large. So, Darren, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thanks, Stefan. Great to be here. And I, as you were just saying that, I was realizing this is probably, if my father knew how to use the Internet, this would be his worst nightmare. <laughs> my son growing up and talking about how much he hates sports.
0: <laughs> so so um, before before we launch into that conversation, why don't you just tell uh, the listeners briefly about what it is you do at Symphony Space, both, both with the Just Kidding series as well as, as generally, because I know your responsibilities are broader than Just the Kids series.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, so I am the director of performing arts here, which means that essentially I produce all of our music, uh, theater, dance, and family programs. Uh, we also have a, a literature program and a film program that uh, that I don't have much to do with other than we say hello to each other in the hall and we support each other. Um, so it's kind of a, a broad-ranging multi-arts center, and I sort of fill in on all of those programs, uh, but my heart... Uh, is really into in what we do with the kids program. That's really the most exciting thing that I do here.
0: Great. And you've been d- doing that at Symphony Space for how long now?
1: Uh, it's going to be eight years wow. in the fall. Great. Yeah.
0: Great. So you mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago that uh, uh, if your father could hear you talking about this, it would be your uh, his worst nightmare. Is Is he a big <laughs> sports fan?
1: uh he is and i i feel like you know some people mellow uh with age over their sports fanaticism and actually I, I think that has happened a bit with my father um but growing up i was in a position with a father who you know a very <laughs> traditional father in a way who, who felt like you know he had a daughter and that was great loves my sister a lot but uh the son wow i have a son and we're going to you know we're, we're going to spend every week Hello. Again, throwing the ball around out on you know out in the backyard. You know, I guess, but his the strangest dream that he ever had was that when I went to high school, I would be on the high school wrestling team, which is a strange sport to pick. You know, I, I think because it's just not a very popular sport. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, basically, basically, he set me up from in you know every possible organized sport he could, and I hated all of them. Every single one. Uh, every single one. <laughs> sorry i 'm going to do my best to not make this a very negative podcast no, uh, no. i 'll spin it but uh yeah it's uh, I, I really didn 't like it very much at all
0: so so um, this is not a a case of you enjoying per, uh, performing sports is perhaps not exactly the right word, although I think there is something to say for that verb but your um, distaste or uh, lack of interest in sports is not just lack of interest in, in watching uh, athletes perform, be it uh, on an amateur or professional level, but is also you just didn't enjoy those uh, competitive sporting environments.
1: Yes? Oh, no? absolutely. Pl- playing and watching uh, were probably equally awful. Uh, and still to this day are, although I, I would think I would prefer to watch as opposed to play still. Um, so, yes, I think what you're saying is accurate.
0: <laughs> now, was that because uh, you felt um, pressured to do that? Or was it because when you did it, you just weren't any good or, um, or maybe a combination of those reasons?
1: Well, I think it was definitely a combination. I think in the beginning it was just if your heart, you know, you if your heart's not in something, if you don't have an interest in it, it makes it very hard to continue. You know, it's like uh, trying to get your kid excited about doing math homework in a way. If they don't like math, no matter how much you say, hey, it's great and fun, and look, here's a bunch of numbers and an abacus or whatever you use, um, you can maybe see the value in it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to love it. Um, In terms of how I was at it, I was also just quite honestly, I just wasn't very good at it. And that, you know, can be that can be tough on a uh, on a seven or eight year old and probably even harder on the father that thinks, oh, my son's going to be great at this. Um, I have a very strong memory, uh, particularly baseball, playing Little League. And uh, where I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, there were there was an A, a B and a C league for baseball so that you were playing with people that were sort of more of your uh, ability, mm-hmm. and I was on the C League, and I never felt any shame. And then I, you know, I just didn't want to be playing baseball at all. But it was, you know, it was definitely sort of the uh, uh what would you? I see, I don't know, I don't even know if it's sports to call. What do you call? Oh, like a, the minor league or whatever the the hip term for the minor leagues. Um, the minor leagues, um, and it killed my father that I was in the C League. And I remember him thinking that the coach or one of the people who was sort of in charge of the little league placement had like a personal vendetta against him and was taking it out on me. And so he had a friend that was one of the B-League coaches. And he said, hey, what would you think about letting my son come and, uh, you know, play on your practice with your team for a little while and just trying him out? And he said, sure. So I went and I spent a week or two just playing with the team. And then afterwards, uh, I remember the guy called my father and said, yeah, he belongs in the C-League. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that definitely did not hurt me. But I think that was kind of a, you know, a moment for him.
0: Yeah, I you know, I remember... Uh, doing some sports growing up, and you know I've got uh, my windpipe is uh, about two thirds normal diameter, and so just my my lung capacity is less than an average human. I mean it, it it's probably I'm probably more efficient with my lungs, and so my my capacity is probably actually about average. But my but that's because I work hard at trying to be fit and you know exercising on a regular basis and so but i think that's one of those things that my parents you know and my dad was my dad had a phd literally in 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 uh, rocket science and so um, (laughs) he was i mean he certainly was not a um somebody who hated sports but it was definitely not something that he cared about and so i think you know, he wanted, we did, I did soccer growing up and I took swim lessons. And I think in eighth grade, I decided that I wanted to go out for the uh, middle school track team. And uh, I was, I was, I don't want to, yeah, I was pretty much awful. I mean, I remember running the 800, <laughs> which is two laps around a track, it's half a mile. Um, it's about the worst possible race you can ask somebody with breathing. <laughs> impediments to do because it's neither a sprint which is over quickly or a long-distance event where you can pace yourself you sort of have the worst of both worlds and so that was just an awful event for me and um, I did discus which in retrospect I wish I had stuck with because discus is uh-huh. one of those things like uh playing viola in orchestra there aren't very many of them and so oh, right. if you can be halfway decent you can actually be pretty good um and you know discus obviously doesn't take you know that's not a um it's not an endurance event it's not an event that requires Uh, lots of strength you know it's not like the shot put or the hammer and I don't even think they let um, middle schooler and high schoolers use the hammer (laughs) Um, but I in retrospect I wish I had stuck with that because that seemed like an athletic uh, event that I probably actually could have um, uh, proceeded with but uh, I I I went to high school and uh, you know my parents didn't care anymore about the sports, and so they they just sort of let it go um, and didn 't make me do that at at that point,
1: so I, I feel like you and I should go into couples counseling together
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, sounds like a lot of the same things
0: yeah, I mean I you know I liked it, but I also knew that i wasn 't uh, very good and mm-hmm. and more more importantly or just as importantly, it was something that I wasn't interested in expending effort on. That, you know, if I was going to try hard at something, it might have been Mm – I mean, I took organ lessons uh, for a number of years as a child. And, you know, my dad, like, built from a kit an organ. And so um, I think some of those uh, feelings of, oh, I have to go to practice – sort of for me got sublimated into the oh I have to practice my ex musical whatever my musical instrument was you know piano mm-hmm. or organ or or violin and so did you do other extracurricular activities besides sports growing up
1: well I did um, I had a very very short-lived career as a trombone player and by that I mean like three weeks. <laughs> wah, wah, uh, wah, wah, wah. Right. <laughs> We, that was almost, that was a perfect setup for you. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the story that I often tell about that is that I, you know, we, in around, I guess it was probably fifth grade, you go and you pick an instrument and I picked the trombone cause I thought the trombone was cool. And I still actually think the trombone is cool. But, uh, I remember being outside of my house, uh, and, you know just having the trombone and being so proud of the fact that I had the trombone. And I don't remember who it was, but one of the other, you know, some sixth grader or fifth grader or however old she was, some girl I wanted to impress came by. And I remember doing that thing with the trombone where you go, (laughs) and you move it back and forth really hard. And I was trying so hard to blow it and impress her because she was, you know, probably going down the street on her bike that I, the the, whatever you call the piece at the end that you move flew off, hit the side of my garage and dented. And I was so afraid that my parents were going to, like, kill me for destroying this rented instrument that I went inside and I said, I don't want to play the trombone anymore. I hate it. And uh, my parents said, all right, don't play the trombone. And so my career as a trombone player uh, was destroyed by, you know, a fifth grader. (laughs) I probably shouldn't blame her for that, but uh, uh, that's, that's how I'm making it okay in my mind.
0: So, uh fast fast forward I guess a few years. Um uh, you you still don't um watch sports. Uh you know, we had a conversation in Brooklyn during Kindy Fest where you were <laughs> re- relating a previous conversation where you had barely known that perhaps the Stanley Cup was the hockey trophy. But I'm okay. not even sure if you were fully a- aware of that. Did um You have just continued to really not care about sports, both um, uh, watching sports as well as um, uh, doing sports on your own. Do you do um, any sort of – I don't want to say – I mean do you like occasionally run or hike or – I mean I know you live outside New York, you sort of live more uh more in the country, and so I mean you probably have more opportunities. And you obviously work in New York, which <laughs> requires mm-hmm. uh a fair amount of walking on a on a daily basis. Um do you do anything that could be remotely considered athletic?
1: Uh well there's no elevator here at work, so I take the stairs <laughs> up to my office each day. That's that's one thing. Uh uh you know, I do, I do enjoy hiking and I do happen to live in an area where there is quite a bit of that. And so, uh, you know, if if you would count that, I guess it would count. I, somebody told me that unless you're sort of, you don't finish what you're doing, panting and having your heart rate go above a certain rate, it's not really exercise. And I, you know, I kind of get that cardiovascularly. It's, uh, (laughs) I'm not really pushing myself. Um, but you know, I just, I, I have to admit short of, you know, going, oh, no, I have to run and catch my train. It's in 12 minutes. Uh, Very rarely do I find myself out of breath.
0: Yeah. So,
1: Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm going to say, but yes, the, the Stanley Cup, you just had to remind me what it was once again. I actually remember when we were walking by the new arena i I can't even tell you what the name of that arena is but uh, in brooklyn barclays center see there's
0: there's a difference it's sort of like i actually know what the name of that is but
1: um that's okay It's, it's 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 not a source of embarrassment but it really is uh i may have even told you the story how i uh i i used to work for second city in chicago for a number of years and for some reason a bunch of people that i worked with there were very sports oriented and when they figured out that i didn't like sports uh a game developed where they would tell me the name of a team and i would have to try and figure out the city and uh you know i would get like maybe three out of the 50 that they'd give me so the fact that i can't even t- i don't I, I think it's the nets that play is that right They play at the yes. barclay center yes okay probably well, and- i was sober enough that evening to remember that uh but, well, and, uh, and,
0: and that actually uh, reminds me of something that I wanted to bring up, which is uh, that I had a, a, a friend, still a friend, in, who in graduate school, you know, he was not a big televised sports fan. He was from uh, Wisconsin and so had some affinity or interest in the Green Bay Packers, you know, the mm-hmm. football team, And but he said that he basically paid attention to sports enough so that he could have something to talk about with other people in his off where he worked before he he went back to to graduate school <laughs> that it it served as sort of a social lubricant for lack of a, a better phrase and you know i think to some extent my knowledge of the fact that um, it's the nets who play in the barclays center and uh... jay-z is a part owner and you know i, I know those things not so much because I know how the Nets are doing or I pay attention to the Nets because I don't think I have ever seen the Nets play a game, be it in Brooklyn or in New Jersey or you know wherever they were. But it is, I think, some sort of basic set of information that I file away for um, social conversational purposes if I'm in a setting that – Sports is actually somewhat useful to um, to have to be able to have a conversation, and and it sounds like maybe uh, that's not you either. A don't care, or or B, uh, you just at this point are not necessarily in many social circles that where that is a valued discussion.
1: Well, you know, it, 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 just in talking about this, it reminds. Do you remember the uh, in 1976 the Romanian discus um, Olympic champion who won the silver? Do you no. remember who I'm talking about? No. no, I'm I'm kidding. I I'm just I picked your one support <laughs> you talked about being... <laughs> If I had my computer on, I was actually going to look up the name of somebody too, but uh no, you're you're absolutely right in in a lot of ways. Um working in the arts as I do, it's just not uh, you know, people are more likely to talk about uh a concert that they've seen or a show that's happening on Broadway or uh, you know for the work that I do in uh, in our adult music program a, a new composition or a composer and that stuff is stuff that I tend to talk about more often or have to you know being not a musician myself I might have to know more about that type of situation or a composer so that I can have those conversations than talking about you know batting uh, statistics and that type of thing
0: Well one of the things that uh, has a, that occurred to me as I was thinking about our having our conversation today was that, um, I mean, to some extent, uh, professional sports and the performing arts from an audience standpoint are somewhat similar in that you are watching people who are very talented at what they do perform Mm -hmm. for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. Um, But I also... I think that, um, I mean, there is something, and there is something communal about a lot of sporting events that I think sometimes people are not necessarily going to sporting events because they want to watch somebody do incredible things with a ball or with their own body. They're Mm -hmm. going there because they want to be there with other people, and... I mean, to some extent, the performing arts world is somewhat like that, maybe a little less so than, say, more uh, popular music. But sure. I, I, uh, I do I, – I think the world of performing arts and sports is probably less uh, dissimilar than I had – I would probably have thought of before thinking about it more deeply
1: no, you're absolutely right. And in fact, uh, you've, you've triggered something in me, um, which is that part of it may also be uh, I just not being a very competitive guy. I don't like the feeling that competition brings out in people. I don't you know, when I see people getting competitive, it makes me kind of feel like, oh, OK. You know, am I, you know, should I, am I supposed to be competitive? I don't, I don't, you know, it's part of why, um, you know, I, when I first uh, got out of college, I had started off as an actor while I was in Chicago and I love doing shows, but auditioning was always the feeling of being out in that room and, you know, competing against other people for something. It's just not a feeling that I enjoy. Um, and maybe that translates to to sports too. I don't really like the feeling of, you know, I'm better than you or I'm going to win and you're going to lose. And at least when you go to a performing arts event, and a, you know, there are certainly people that come to performing arts events that, that are going, oh, I bet they're going to be terrible. I, you know, I've seen it. <laughs> I know, you know, fellow musicians sometimes are very critical of other musicians, and it happens, and it's the same in theater. But to me, you're going there to to root for something that you hope is going to be good and that you trust is going to be good, and that maybe is, is the one big thing that... Uh, stands out between professional sports and, uh, the world of, of, of live performing arts.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I do wonder how, I think professional sports will survive here in the, in the 21st century. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think there is value in, you know, supporting a local squad or being with, you know, tens of thousands of other people, cheering. I mean, there's value in that. But we're moving into this world where everybody's more about self-expression and right. what they can do. And I just wonder sort of how long uh some of the lower tiers of sports will last because if all you're doing is sort of going to watch people, you know, to, who are pretty good at their jobs <laughs> uh with like, you know, maybe hundreds of other people watching. <laughs> you're like, "Well, why do that?" And so I think uh, the and then the competition nature that you raised, I I I totally get that because I would I think that's one reason why I pr- prefer to um you know, I'm much more now into sort of doing my own you know, I I run occasionally. I uh, very occasionally uh do a triathlon, but it's it you know, I'm doing those things with uh, with zero illusion that I am going to be <laughs> anywhere near the front of that. And it is more the, the best way to do it. Right. It's more the experience of doing those things of, you know, if I can beat my time from last year or two years ago or what have you, which is obviously harder to do the older I get. But it's sort of that self-expression. I am on a journey. I'm trying to master something and I'm doing that. And, you know, sitting... I, you know, I, I enjoy watching baseball. In fact, I, I just went mm-hmm. to my first game of the year last weekend. But, you know, it was because I had a friend in town who was a fan of the other team and it was, well, here's a chance for us to go to the ballpark and have some food beforehand and go have a beer or two while watching the game and talking about a lot of stuff. And it was it was like, yeah, we, we enjoyed watching the game and he is a much bigger f- sports fan than I am. But it was, it was not like when I I went to college at the University of North Carolina. So they mm-hmm. have a very good college basketball program. Have always had a very good college basketball program. Michael Jordan. You're from Chicago, so you're probably familiar with Michael Jordan. Oh
1: yes, the, okay. I do know who Michael Jordan is. Michael the, Jordan, the, the baseball, the baseball player, right? <laughs> ha, very good, very good. Good good obscure reference there.
0: (laughs) Um, Michael Jordan went to UNC, and so uh, (laughs) long before I I was there. But, you know, that's the sort of basketball history that uh, the school has. Um, And they have a fierce rivalry with Duke University, which is, you know, 10 miles, 9 miles down the road. Um, And one of the things I did at Carolina was actually for a couple years I handed out student— basketball and football tickets so Hmm. you know i and you know people would camp out overnight so i you know there were a, a dozen times a year when i would just sort of be going with going down to the line every hour or so making sure that things weren't um going crazy there so i come from a a lineage of far more devoted fandom and now i'm like do I want to see the Tar Heels do well in college basketball? Yeah. Do I have a slight amount of happiness when Duke loses? Sure. <laughs> uh, do I lose any sleep like I might have lost uh, 15 or 20 years ago if there was a particularly bad loss for the team, particularly if it came against Duke? Um, no. I, I, You know, I don't care at all. And that sort of passing of time, going like, you know, that really was not nearly as important. Maybe it was important then. It is so not important to me now. I have so many right. other things that are way more important to me.
1: Yeah, I went to uh, I went to University of Illinois in Champaign, which was a Big Ten school and had a huge sporting program. I never went to a game. Uh, I believe the name of every team is the Fighting Illini, but I could be wrong there. Or maybe that's just the motto. But I'll look it up after we get up. (laughs) Um, But I just recently, in fact, I remember and I don't have enough information about this, but I remember seeing a campaign by um, uh, by the university that students were fighting the idea of paying a, a ridiculously low Sort of surcharge on their tuition to keep the Cranart Center, which is the big performing arts. Center. I, I have a, a theater degree, so I went through the um, the program at Cranart. It was something like a two or a three dollar um, fee against their tuition to keep you know the programs viable there. And there was a big fight to get that taken off. And when you look at it based upon how much money is going in against you know keeping the the football and the baseball and whatever other sports were there. It was a ludicrous amount, and the fact that people were complaining over the fact that there was like a 2 or $3 surcharge that they were looking to keep things going was completely crazy to me.
0: Right, especially considering they were probably paying much more than that as the surcharge for the football and basketball tickets.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it. it I, I don't have anything against sports. I just – it's like I wish that there was more – Recognition that really the important part of sports is is what you do to play sports rather than perhaps watch. That mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I'm tr- we're trying hard to do with our kids, and so I've got a, 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 a our daughter uh, is uh, going to be going into seventh grade soon, and our son into. Um, second grade and you know our, my daughter loves to play but she is i i don't think she is competitive in a sporting sense she's competitive i think in an academic sense but not in a a, a sporting sense but she loves to sure. play but uh she doesn't i think necessarily like and i think she could be good <laughs> meaning you know she's pretty tall um uh i but I don't think she has much interest in in working hard to sort of become more elite. And I'm mm-hmm. sort of torn between the uh, – actually, you you need to learn how to work hard in in settings that you're not necessarily as comfortable in because that's a useful skill. Not because you should sure. be a better volleyball player or a better swimmer, but just because – uh, in life you 're going to have to work hard at things that um, are not necessarily the things you love to do but uh, but that 's uh I have to weigh that um, you know my wife and I need to weigh that against well you know she doesn 't nec- if she doesn 't want to do that why force her and then you know m- our son uh, he 's a natural clown but he is all he is very um, he does not like to work hard in many things and so um I, I want him to play soccer as long as possible um, mm-hmm. because it's a team sport and there, he's got lots of friends on the team. But, you know, every year it's going to be a question of, OK, is this the year where we just say he is clearly not at all interested? When do we stop <laughs> asking him <laughs> to play? And so uh, you've got a daughter who's, uh, I, I think, in, in elementary school. And so um, what is she doing in terms of sports?
1: Well, it's an interesting question. She, I, I actually, she doesn't play sports. She's shown an interest in, uh, I, I would say she's shown a talent in uh, gymnastics, just in, you know, <laughs> climbing the walls of mm-hmm. our house and, and all of that. And um, we are currently looking into having her get into it, but I don't see it as, you know, I'm not looking at her going to the Olympics or anything right, like right. that. Right. But it does make me question. I've often thought, you know, I, I tend to, uh spout off on the idea you know, one of the things that you and i i think may have discussed at kindy fest and one of the things is i i the separation of i've never liked the gender roles that are often asor- associated with sports versus the arts you know like boys should be playing baseball and girls should be going to ballet class and my daughter likes ballet um and if i had a son i would like to think that he would like ballet um and I would probably put more value on the ballet than I would on, uh, than joining a little league team, but it does make me think to myself, but I want to be one of these kind of parents. That's not, um, shielding my kids from something just cause I'm uncomfortable with it. It might very well be that she would love playing organized baseball, you know? And so there's also a part of me that says, well, is this something that I should be exposing her to? It's not something that I have interest in, but like, where as a parent do you at a certain point, uh, say, I am going to try and expose her to as much as I can and let her pick, which is how I had always hoped uh, that things would be for me. Um, And I guess it's just a matter of trying to get a feel of what, you know, at this age, I mean, I guess as a parent, you're always figuring things out uh, as you go along. And I guess I'm just starting to get to the point where I'm going, okay. I'm sensing that she, you know, she likes to do handstands out, you know, in front of the, the on the sidewalk in front of the car. Which is kind of dangerous but you know if she wants to do that then that's probably saying like hey she she might really like gymnastics so let's get her into that and uh that that's the challenge is uh figuring out how much to expose her to and where to get over my own hang-ups on what i don't like and, and to recognize what she might be into
0: right and i think that the difficulty comes even further and one additional difficulty comes in as they get older and they have more interests they almost have too many interests. So, our, mm-hmm. our daughter, you know, would I think really like to do non competitive soccer again, meaning, you know, they've got uh, at, at, at her age, most of the leagues are um, slightly more competitive. You know, they, they, they travel a couple times a year. You know, they, they're just more competitive leagues, and she's not that interested and doesn't want to do that. But she would be willing to do it, but uh, she got a taste of Lego robotics. <laughs> and now she wants to do that, and it's sort of like, that okay, sounds but, awesome. Yeah, between the Lego robotics and the soccer, and she goes to an arts charter school, so, you know, she's doing viola and piano and, and singing, and sort of like, okay, there are a lot of things, and while I want to expose her to a lot of different activities, she's almost maxed out, and we're, you know, we're almost maxed out, <laughs> so how do you decide between those things, And and I would hate to sort of have that physical activity go by the wayside because, you know, she's at a, at a charter school where they don't have a PE program. So, you know, if she doesn't do uh, soccer or anything like that, then she's not physically active. And I think that's important. That's one of the things I wish I had done more of when I was, you know, her age or, and a little bit older, but how do I balance that out between, <laughs> you know, she's got to get some sleep and do her homework.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're also fortunate. My daughter goes to a small uh, goes to a small school that uh, has a lot. You know, their mission is very much similar to what my wife and I feel uh, we want for our daughter. And they do have some dance available, and PE isn't terribly uh, a competitive thing. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I get where you're coming from. And, I, and you know, I actually remember I went to a really large high school, uh, and. You know, there was we were very fortunate to have a dance program and that uh, I instead of taking gym, I went through the dance program there and that really changed a lot of things for me. Like, it, it you know, I, I didn't like some of the things that, you know, you had to do in the, the PE classes, playing, you know, the, the playing of the sports and that kind of stuff. And I really got a big appreciation for dance just from coming out of that. Yeah. Uh, and I wish that there was more – I wish in some ways my daughter's school was bigger so that she would have that opportunity to choose between the two and pick what she wanted.
0: Yeah. On the other hand – and I forget whether or not I had this conversation with you, but I had a friend. So I went to the University of North Carolina, huge school or pretty large school, probably maybe a little smaller than Illinois. But um, you you we, can understand – Did we play
1: football against each other?
0: Uh, we would not have probably played because we uh, – North Carolina is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, so um,
1: we <laughs> you can't hear the crickets right now with what you just said. Uh, Atlantic Coast Conference, yeah,
0: hmm. um, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, which was great because you know we got to see you know the the basketball, both men's and women's basketball teams were uh, pretty good. Uh, they, were, the men's team won the national championship while I was there, and then our women's soccer team, um, l- I literally, uh, won. They won four national championships in the years I was there, and they, uh, I literally did not see them lose a game, and I went to um, more than half of their games. So I mean, they were a dominant team. Um, on the other hand. There was no, you know, did I do intramural sports a couple times? Sure, but it wasn't, it really wasn't my deal. Whereas I had a friend who went to the University of Chicago who Mm -hmm. her junior year, she decided to go out for the swim team, and by her senior year, she was captain. You know, I mean, and it wasn't like she was a high school swimmer. She just liked swimming, and so junior year decided to go out for the team. And so I think there are some... Advantages of going to large schools uh, in terms of having certain things to do, but I think small schools, and obviously University of Chicago is probably bigger than your your daughter's school, but there were opportunities there for people to participate. Okay, so uh, Darren, I've really appreciated having this conversation. This has been fun, and I know that we could talk for a long time because I think. Um, I think our attitudes are probably more similar than uh, somebody even listening to this conversation might uh think because you know there are times where even though i I know that uh people playing sports ball aren't trying to shoot the puck from behind the three point line for a uh, a touchdown uh there are I definitely sort of feel uh some unease at which uh sports is still uh, watching sports is still a dominant uh cultural paradigm, and I think uh, you would probably agree with me in that regard.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so,
0: so if people, I know that this has not been a discussion about uh, Symphony Space's uh, a broad uh, array of cultural events, but if people want to find out more about the Symphony Space programs that you help program, where can they go to find out about that?
1: You can try detroitwhatredwings.com or... <laughs> You can go to uh, symphonyspace.org uh, We have many different sections there It's the easiest way to get it Is to go to symphonyspace.org And then there's a section uh, listed as family And you can find about about all of our family programs We're on hiatus until the uh, uh, fall So there's not going to be that much there right now But uh, there you can find out about us And we also have a section uh, called Symphony Space Live Which might be a good section to take a look at We have many recordings of a lot of our artists uh, that, that, you know that you talk about and that uh, you have some other stuff too, and that might just be a good idea to go and listen to some music of the kind of stuff that we do in the interim until we start programming again in the fall.
0: Yeah, and even if you're not in New York and not planning on being in New York, you can uh, look at those uh, and listen to those live recordings and just enjoy them, even if uh, you're you're nowhere near uh, the Barclays Center or Symphony Space. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So well,
1: anyway, I would just thank you so much for having me on, Stephanie. This has been great. And, uh, you know, I look forward to chatting again, hopefully before next Kindy Fest.
0: This would be fun. This would be fun. Thank you again, Darren. And listen, listeners, thank you for tuning in. And uh, as always, if you have any questions, please shoot me an email, zooglobal at earthlink.net. And if you listen to this podcast via iTunes, uh, please rate and record. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.